Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Cody Davidson, filling in for Pastor Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. It was day four of our backpacking trip through the Great Smoky Mountains along the Appalachian Trail. My Uncle Bob and I had hiked some 40-plus miles in the woods and mountains along the border of North Carolina and Tennessee, enjoying the majesty of God's creation, encountering amazing views of the wilderness. But that morning, the portion we were hiking intersected with something at the Klingman's Dome Observatory that we hadn't encountered in our previous days of backpacking. Civilization. Namely, tourists. You can get to Klingman's Dome, as we had, hiking for several days in the woods along trails that are miles from the nearest highway. Or, you can take a nice, leisurely drive up a road to the visitor center that is about a quarter mile from the observation deck at the summit. We did not feel like we belonged with all of those tourists who had taken the easy route up the mountain, and I'm pretty sure they agreed. You see, by day four on the trail, my uncle and I were... ripe. We'd occasionally catch whiffs of each other and think, horrified, is that how I smell? Now we were among the showered masses our odor in stark contrast to theirs. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 2, calls Christians to also stand apart by our powerful, potent aroma. Now, this is not a call to neglect personal hygiene. I'm especially looking at you middle school boys. But instead, it is a call to embrace personal holiness through the knowledge of Christ. As we live in this world, as we are led about by Christ in this life, we spread this fragrance wherever we go. To fellow believers, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, this should be like the sweet aroma of lilac trees in full bloom, or the wonderful smell of fresh-baked sourdough bread, enlightening the eyes and soothing the soul, a fragrance of life to life. This fragrance grows in strength and sweetness as we grow in our knowledge and likeness of Christ. Let us seek to know Christ more to know him more personally and intimately, and let this knowledge of Christ, through the Holy Spirit's work, transform us further into the image of Christ. We can think of our sin as impurities in the perfume, flies in the ointment, so to speak, adding sour notes to the aroma of God the Holy Spirit is producing in our lives. As we are refined by God in the work of his word in our lives, we better represent the beautiful aroma of Christ to those around us. And again, this is not the cologne of a freshman at the homecoming dance, theoretically meant to draw attention to himself, positively, but the sweet of aroma of Christ in us, giving him the glory he deserves, drawing our eyes and hearts to him, to the one who is leading us in this triumphal procession. However, although this aroma is wonderful to those who are in Christ, to those who are being saved, Let us also be prepared for a world that will react as if our aroma is not a sweet perfume, but is instead even worse than the pungent cloud that enveloped my uncle and I on that day. To the world, the aroma of Christ is death. It doesn't produce joy, but rather revulsion. To a world that does not know Christ, we look like strange travelers, emerging from the woods, reeking something awful. We are led in a triumphal procession, a reference to the processions thrown for victorious Roman generals to parade their armies, and more importantly their conquered foes, through Rome. Yet our procession is one of suffering servants, people walking in the footsteps of Christ. How paradoxical to the world, triumph through our service and sacrifice. However, 
We aren't to strive to be a stench to our unsaved family, friends, coworkers, classmates. No shirts saying, making a stink for Jesus, please. Our pursuit of Christ and its attendant pursuit of holiness will suffice for that. A world that hates the light of Christ will make its own stink about the holiness of Christians. So let us not be surprised that our concern that we become more like Christ causes those who do not know him, who reject him as Lord, shrink back from us as well. Let us instead make sure that we are living lives of integrity in this world, working with the Holy Spirit to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And while there are those who will pull away, there will likewise be those who, as we share Christ, will follow the aroma of Christ in us, the aroma of Christ found in the gospel. They will follow that to life, life that is found in Christ alone. Let us preach the gospel with the confidence that comes by having lives of purity, lives that have been purified by Christ. Our pursuit of purity, it also includes grace, mercy, and forgiveness to others. In 2 Corinthians 2, 5 through 11, Paul encourages the Corinthians to restore the penitent sinner, to forgive the one who has wronged them, and to welcome him back into the community of faith. In our vigilance against sin and unrighteousness, especially as we lovingly rebuke and exhort our neighbors, we must also offer the same grace and forgiveness and mercy that we have received in Christ. Just as we find flies in our own ointments, so too will our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is not to excuse the sin in our brothers and sisters, nor in ourselves, but we also ought to welcome them back into fellowship as they repent. Look at Paul. Though he had rebuked the Corinthians harshly in his previous letter, they were still those whom he loved deeply. Let us be faithful to forgive, to restore, to show mercy to our brothers and sisters as they repent. After all, the Lord is the Lord of mercies. Praise God that his mercies towards us are new each and every day. In our Old Testament reading today, we read summations in both 1 Kings chapter 9 and 2 Chronicles chapter 8 of Solomon's wealth and power. We also read in 1 Kings 9, 1 through 9, of God's response to Solomon's prayer dedicating the temple. God promises that the temple would be a beacon to other nations, declaring the holiness of God. But it would do that in one of two ways. Either as Israel remained faithful to God, obedience to his commandments, pure and worshiping him alone, God's name would dwell there, his glory dwelling amidst the people called by his name. But if Solomon led the people astray to worship idols, the temple would demonstrate God's holiness and justice and jealousy over his name, its destruction functioning as a warning to all those who saw it. As it says in 1 Kings 9, 8-9, And this house will become a heap of ruins. Everyone passing by it will be astonished and will hiss. And they will say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold of other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore the Lord has brought all this disaster on them. 
the Lord's name will be glorified. May we be part of that positively, proclaiming his name faithfully in our lives. May we not be a negative example as we see God's justice poured out on those who reject it. And although Solomon knew this warning, we see in 2 Chronicles 8.11 the beginning of his own downfall in this area. Solomon was married to the daughter of Pharaoh, and it would eventually be his foreign wives that would lead him to worship foreign gods. Solomon knew God's command and warning, but he made a provision for the flesh. He left open an avenue of temptation. In verse 11, we read that at this time, he had his wife dwelling in a separate house in Jerusalem, concerned with the holiness of the places where the Ark of the Covenant had been brought. But he let her live there nearby and persist in idolatry. Eventually, this would be Solomon's own undoing. He was making concessions along the way that would eventually lead to him participating in idolatry himself. His foreign wives were the avenue that led to his downfall and ultimately to the downfall of the United Kingdom of Israel. Scripture tells us that we ought not to make any sort of provision for the flesh, any sort of provision for sin, any concessions that would allow temptation to remain. As we seek to pursue Christ, to maintain the pure fragrance of Christ in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, let us be vigilant against such concessions, such provisions for the flesh and for sin. Instead, let us pursue holiness wholly with all of our lives. Let us pursue the holiness that comes from the knowledge of Christ. Then our lives will be both a fragrant aroma to our brothers and sisters in Christ, an inviting aroma to the world that doesn't know Christ, to those whom God is calling unto himself, and will also be a fragrant aroma to our Lord. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. Pastor Ben Blakey will be back on August 27th. For more resources, visit RevivalFromTheBible.com. For more info on Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, visit CompassBible.tv. The Great Spark Lord Jesus Christ to you.